0: I want to start a new series tonight about how to live the Holy Spirit-led life. Because in your walk of faith, faith has something that's always attached to it, and it's corresponding action, or you could say it this way, corresponding behavior. That Greek word means both things. Your faith can't be alone. Because if it doesn't have corresponding action, the Bible says it's dead faith. It's inactive, it's lifeless, it can't produce anything, it can't lay hold of anything. So, the question though is, what action do I take? Right? Well, here's the thing. You don't decide what action. You flow with the Holy Spirit's leading into what action what you say what you do you know sometimes you'll wake up with symptoms in your body and the Holy Spirit might say I want you to stay home today and rest another time you might have 10 times the symptoms in your body and he might go get up and go to work right and and you want to listen because he knows and he'll never hurt you But we need to know his voice. I believe in the upcoming, (laughs) I'd like to say years, but let's just back it up. In the upcoming minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years of our life, we need to know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. I want to open up in James chapter 2, though, and I want to lay a foundation This whole series that we're talking about, the Holy Spirit-led life, we will learn principles that you can apply to everything in your life. I'm going to, at least I have a great sense that the emphasis is going to be really on how to lay hold of your healing and how to put corresponding action to what you're believing for. So let's turn to James 2. We're going to start in verse 14. In James 2 verse 14 it says, "What does it profit, my brethren?" Now, J- Pastor James, pastor of the half-brother of Jesus, pastor of the church in Jerusalem, had a church full of Jewish believers. In chapter 1, he told us, "Listen, you can't just be a hearer or a listener of the word of God. You have to be a doer of the word of God. Only the doer is blessed." Now, in chapter 2, he says this, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Now, the King James says works. There's many other translations that will say other things. We have to be careful with the word works. Because, you know, the danger for all of us as Christians is to get in a works mentality. But this Greek word, ergon, literally means corresponding action or behavior. So he's saying, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not corresponding actions or behavior, can faith save him? Well, yeah, because Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that we're saved, right, by grace through faith. But this is saying, can faith save him? The implied answer here is no. And that is the correct answer. You can't get saved by faith only. In one portion of Scripture, the Bible says the demons believe, but they tremble. Why? There is no corresponding action. They're not going to change their behavior. They just believe that He's God. Right? See, here's a big danger in the church today. We got a lot of people running around saying, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Yeah, Oh yeah, I believe Jesus is God. But can that belief that Jesus is God, does that does that cause change in their life? Where they're born again, they're born brand new, and they're a child of God? No. Not until you put corresponding action with your faith. Because remember, in Romans it breaks it down. In Ephesians it says we're saved by grace through faith, right? But what does Romans say? If you go into Romans 10, and we're not going to go really into it tonight, but it talks about with the heart, man believes. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I've got to act. There's got to be a corresponding action. To be saved, I've got to say something. So you'll know if you're in faith because of your behavior. So this is why we got to look at this very, very closely. Can faith save him? The implied answer here is no. Faith alone can't save him. Faith alone cannot bring God's blessings into your life. It must, you must have corresponding action with your faith. So then now, look at verse 15. Now in verse 15 and 16, James is going to give us a natural example of explaining Verse 14. So in context with what he's saying, look at what he says. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled. Well, that sounds a lot like some of the things, that almost sounds like a good confession. Be warmed, my sister, be filled in Jesus' name. Walk away thinking, I'm, 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 I'm you know, really walking by faith. But James is kind of like, and one of you say to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? The answer to that is it doesn't. There is no profit there. Does that make sense? action action verse 17 even so faith if it hath not works if it hath not the greek word ergon if it hath not corresponding action corresponding behavior is dead it's lifeless it's inactive so this is huge It's dead. Why? It's because it's alone. Being alone. Verse 18. Yea, a man may say, you have faith and I have works or I have corresponding action. Show me your faith without your works. Show me your faith without your corresponding action and I will show you my faith by my works, or by my corresponding action. I'm going to show you my faith by the way that I'm acting and behaving. If you're not putting corresponding action to your faith, and hence why we have a lot of people that are waiting, they're just waiting, They're not biblical waiting. They're waiting on God to do something, and God's waiting on them to do something. The man with the withered hand. Jesus told a man with a withered hand, stretch out your hand. What if he would have said, I can't? Would that have been true? Yep. Would that be in the book? Nope, because guess what? He'd still have a withered hand. But when he made a decision... I'm going to obey the word of God. Now, I don't see any natural way to do it, but I'm going to do it. But when he, when he made the decision and started acting, where his ability ended is where he met the power of God and his hand was, was made well. The woman with the issue of blood would not have ever, that wouldn't be in the Bible, if she would have stayed home. She had to put corresponding action. Right? Corresponding action. Jairus' daughter would not have been raised from the dead by Jesus had he listened and acted upon the bad report. See, the evidence, the evidence that you've believed that you've received your healing is not when you see it in your body. It's the evidence is your faith. Now faith is the evidence. The title deed that I already have what I can't see. And when you, when faith is there and you act on it, that's what, that's where the power of God right is, right there. So now verse 20, let's look at this. But will you know, O vain man, so what is a vain man? This Greek word for vain means an empty man. A foolish man. This Greek word means a man that is devoid of truth. Well, what's truth? A vain man is devoid of the truth of the word. This, this word vain means having nothing. Nothing. O vain man, but will you know, O vain man, that faith without works or without corresponding action or behavior is dead? I love Weymouth's translation of this. Weymouth's translation says, Faith without corresponding actions will not work on your behalf. In order for faith to work, you have to put action This is huge. This is gigantic. But here is the big question. What action? Could you imagine I mean, because whatever I'm believing God for, the action is going to be very specific to what I'm to do right now. Does that make sense? So how do you know the action? The Holy Spirit has to lead you. So you, you have to, a big part of faith is you have to know Him. You have to walk with Him. Be so sensitive to Him so that you know what to say, when to say it, what to do, what not to do, where to go, right? This is huge. Do you know a lot of people, when they're believing God for their healing, They'll instantly, and they'll go tell everybody, I'm just believing God for my healing. And they're not built up in the Word because the Holy Spirit didn't lead them to say that. Pretty soon, everywhere they go, they have family thinking they're crazy. They have relatives thinking they're crazy. They have everybody at their church coming up to them, asking them how they're feeling, and they can't handle that. Right? You guys guys doing okay? Everybody's kind of like... But they can't handle that because they're not built up strong enough yet. So this is why, who do you tell? Who do you don't tell? Do you take medicine? Do you not? Do you go to the doctor? Do you not? What do you do? You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do I have an operation? Do I not? All of these silly questions, because that's all that Satan will talk to you about. How... How's this going to happen? Why is this? You know, if you were really in faith, you'd be doing you, 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 you. When it's not really about you and I, it's about Him. Think about healing for your body. We talk about healing for your body. Do you know that's an error? It's not your body. It It is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. It's been purchased by God. And now I'm to glorify God in my body and in my spirit because they're His. Aren't you glad you're His? Faith can always be evidenced by corresponding action, corresponding behavior. It'll always be evidenced. Does that make sense? Don't question your faith. Look at what you're doing. And you'll know where you are. And if your actions aren't lining up with what you believe, feed more on the Word and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to be doing? And He will tell you every time. Every time. Faith is always identified by what you do. In our circles, and and we'll always teach a lot on this because words are so important. A lot of times, though, we'll teach on this. Faith is always evidenced by what you say. But I'm here to tell you, let's, let's talk about this. Faith is evidenced by what you say and what you do. Really, what you say is what you're doing. Because he'll have you say things and declare things. What? See, sometimes people will hear me say some things. Father, I thank you that your healing power is working and affecting a cure in my body from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet, driving out sickness and disease from my body. And people will sit there. And the enemy will sit on their shoulder and go, "Um, wow, that's powerful. I, I, I could never talk like that, so I think I'm in trouble. Right? But you know... It's not by how smooth it is. It's just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Volume is not power, right? No, you don't have to yell at the devil, right? Whisper the name of Jesus. See, this is so important that we get this. Active faith always has works. It always has corresponding action or behavior. You have to have a proper confession along with corresponding action. It's See, I'm not only in faith, I live faith. Doesn't it say the just shall have faith? No, it says the just shall live by faith. That that I'm living, it's my behavior. The just shall walk by faith. This is why it is so important that we know how to be led by the Spirit of God. So I believe that the Lord's going to, we're going to uncover some things. It's going to be so simple. The Holy Spirit's going to tailor make it just for you and I. And we're going to go to a new level. Amen. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16. Wow, I love the anointing. You got to know if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're anointed. You know that, right? Because the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll go be my witnesses. Hallelujah. It says in John chapter 16, verse 13 it says this, how be it? Now this is Jesus talking. This is the last interaction he's going to have with his disciples. It's the night, the last supper. He's going to the Garden of Gethsemane and then they're going to take him and he's going to be crucified. It's going to be the last time that he's interacting with them. These are the final things he's saying right before he goes to redeem man. He says this, how be it? When he, not if he, when he, The Spirit of truth is come. He might guide you. No, no. He will guide you into all truth. Now, literally, less than a chapter later, he's going to tell us what truth is. He's going to say, Sanctify them, Father, by thy word, for thy word is truth. And the Holy Spirit, he is the one who will guide you as a believer, as a child of God, into all the truth. So that means in in Exodus 15 where he says, I am the Lord that healeth you. In Galatians 3.13 where it talks about Jesus Christ himself redeem me from the curse of the law by being made a curse for me. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, poverty and lack, spiritual death. He will walk me into all the truth of that. He will literally tell me how to live. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me. What does that mean to me? In my situation right now, he will guide me in that. Isn't that good news? That Greek word guide is the Greek word hodego. We get, we get our word tour guide from that word. Do you know if you go to Washington, D.C. and go to the White House and do a tour of the White House, you're going to have a tour guide. And that person will, or like when a good, another example of that is when we went to Israel, we had a tour guide. And these people study to know everything about what they're giving a tour about. The Holy Spirit is God. And He knows everything. He walks in full revelation of how that word is to be applied in every minute of every day of every believer right now. And He's on the inside of you. This is why faith is a rest. I've ceased from my own works. I'm not trying to get healed. I am the healed. So sickness, you got to get out of my body. Right? I'm not trying to figure this thing out. No, no, no. I'm not trying to learn the Bible. No, I'm discerning the Bible as I walk in intimate fellowship with Him. So let's, see, let's look at this. He will guide you Or in other words, to say that he will show you the way into all truth. For he shall, now how is he going to do it? It's real interesting. For he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit will never speak of himself. But look at what does, how does he speak? But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And will show you things to come. Who else have we heard of that only says what He hears His father say? Jesus. So now you have, and then Jesus called the Holy Spirit another comforter. Right. And that word alos, another means one who's exactly the same as me, Jesus was saying. So isn't it amazing that the God of the universe, the Father who came up with the whole plan, Jesus who carries out the plan, the Holy Spirit that reveals the plan, only says what they hear. Only says what they hear. Think about that. So as you're walking through, as you you believe you receive your healing, and then as you are walking in this fight of faith, and that's to stay at rest until you see it in your body, what should you be saying? Only what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And everyone's flesh said, ouch. Ouch. And everyone's spirit down on the inside of them said to their flesh, get over yourself. Right? Because this is the way we live. So what we want to do as a church family is we want to be conscious. If I'm talking to somebody at church, I need to hear what I'm supposed to say to them. This is huge. Because guess what? Everyone, literally... In in every one of us is the Holy Spirit. And he knows exactly what people need to hear. Isn't that awesome? So now it says here, verse 14, He, the Holy Spirit, shall glorify me. Well, how will he do that? Well, he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Okay, well, what does that mean, Jesus? He's like, so glad, so glad you asked. Verse 15, right? All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. Now, Now think about that. Wow. All things. Everything that God the Father has, Jesus has. He owns it. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Notice, not tell it, he'll show it. So that tells me a big part of the corresponding action is if I'm in faith, I better be meditating in the word so that I could observe to do all that's written therein. Because he's got to bring light and revelation for me to see this. So what we're teaching on is kind of the behind the scenes of faith. It's all relationship, guys. It says here, all things, verse 15, that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he'll take of mine and shall show it unto you. See, it's in doing and being in God's will that we're in a place that pleases him we're doing and being in the will of God. That's the place that pleases him because now he can get everything over to us that we must have. You absolutely need to not have pain in your body because, and you absolutely need to be feeling good so that you could be strong to serve and fulfill God's plan for your life. I mean, that's, That's why we're here. Otherwise, you just say, Jesus, you're my Lord, and poof, we'd be gone. Your body just fall down. People would be like, whoa. (laughs) Right? Could you imagine? But you could never have an altar call because there wouldn't be a pastor here. You'd all be be gone, right? (laughs) Silly, silly, silly. (laughs) To do do the will of God, to be in the will of God, it's going to take faith. So we got to be connected to the Word of God. It, it's, it's in the presence of God that He reveals His will. So God wants you in the center of His will, right? Being and doing the will of God, it's going to take faith. But it's in the presence of God that He reveals His will and will show us His way, His course of action. What is his course of action for what you're believing him for? See, Abraham, when a famine came, God told him, go to Egypt during the famine. Isaac, his son, years and years later, right? Famine comes, what does God tell Isaac to do? Don't go to Egypt, you stay right here. Abraham was wealthy and increased in Egypt. Isaac had a hundredfold return and increased in a famine. Why? See, do you see how the circumstances don't matter? It's just, and see, Satan doesn't want you to know that because he wants you to think these circumstances you're facing, there is just no way but God. There is, there's always a way. I love that. God shows us his will in pieces. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever been like this? So let, let me use, Ryan, can I use you and Zach? So, so let's just say, okay, Ryan, you stand over there. Look at that, you have matching shirts. It's awesome. <laughs> we all got, man, we got the memo. That's awesome. So stay a little bit further. So they're both the will of God for my life. Now, okay, come on in. Sometimes, it's about right there is good. Sometimes, you know, I could kind of, okay, and then jump right over. Then go stand about 10 feet that way. Other times, though, most of the time, I'm here, and I got to get there. But the problem is, I don't even, I can't see there. It'll be revealed to me in pieces, And I'm going to have to let go of all the place that I... See, because when you're walking in the will of God, after a while, it gets really... Man, it's awesome. You feel great. It's comfortable. You're more than a conqueror. And then God goes, okay, now I want you to do this. Okay. Right? Sometimes, so Ryan, go out. Could you just go outside for just a second? (laughs) So sometimes it's really, and really most of the times, it's like this. I'm here, and I know i got to go somewhere. And so what do I do? I trust the Holy Spirit. And he leads me, and he guides me. And I let go. So you have to trust. Otherwise, you won't let go of places. he, He shows us his will in pieces. But we must stay in his presence to follow his will. And here is the problem. Because Satan comes to distract you. He comes to get you as busy as you can get, get you off balance. He'll use people. He'll use circumstances. He'll say, this is the way things need to be. And man, I got to tell you, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. That means I am not listening to him. Right? I'm not listening to him. I'm not going to give him my ear. I'm going to constantly keep my eyes fixed on the Word of God. You'll always find God's will in his presence. So, for you to live a Holy Spirit-led life, you're going to live your whole life in God's presence. Now, here's the thing. You can be right in the very presence of God And yet all hell could be breaking loose on the outside. And your flesh could be thinking, God is nowhere to be found. But you have this sure foundation, the Holy Spirit constantly opening that word. Tony, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. My eyes are upon you. My ears are open to your cry. When you walk through the rivers, I'm going to be with you. They're not going to overtake you. When you go through the fire, oh, don't be concerned, I'm with you. The fire won't even kindle upon you. See, all of this is coming from within me, so I'm not, I'm not listening. This eclipses anything on the outside. And that's what we're talking about. Ephesians 5 in verse 17, you guys know this scripture, it says this, Ephesians 5:17. It says, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. In other words, if you miss not just knowing the will, but we're talking Bible knowing. You guys know this, right? I think I said this to the men Tuesday. Bible knowing is his word is working in me and it's manifesting out of me. See, Bible knowing is a lot more than... Basically, if I don't understand God's will for my life or whatever it is, I'm unwise. Now, wouldn't it be unfair to call you unwise if he wouldn't tell you? Right? And, And get this, here's his will, but guess what? On your own, you can't see any of it. The Holy Spirit has to reveal it to you. Don't I love the way uh, that that's set up? Because God, that means I'm going to have to live in His presence forever. And in His presence is fullness of joy. In, his, in Christ, all His promises are yes and amen. Everything is in Christ. When the will of the Lord is mentioned in, God, in, in, in the Word, it's usually, if well, I, I, I want to say usually, but it's, it's a lot more than usually. In almost every case, it's always connected to you doing something. There's so many that are waiting. Well, I'm just waiting. You know, uh, our guest speaker this weekend, uh, Jen, she told me when we were at dinner she told me about a, a, a church that she went and, and preached in in Bakersfield, California. I th- or no, it might have been San Bernardino. I think it was San Bernardino. Never been to the church, never heard anything about it. And, uh, you know, while she was going there, a fire hydrant blew up. It was in a real bad neighborhood. Uh, the street was flooded. Because in, in, in California, they, they don't have fire hydrants like we have, right? They're, they're wet fire hydrants. So there's water in them. Right, so you know, it's not under, underground. So that thing blew. And so there's water everywhere. And so the police, right, this lady was taking Jen to the meeting. And they were right in the intersection. They, she was the last car uh, that didn't get, th- or the first car that, where they blocked that she couldn't get through. So, so finally this, you know, this officer comes over to them and looks in the car and knows the lady who's driving because he goes to the church. And she's like, man, this is the guest speaker. The service has already started. i got to get her. So the, the policeman made a way for them to go through yards and do different things. And, and so got them there. So they go up to this, you know, not in a great area, really bad area. Big, gigantic, old warehouse. And this place, as they were walking up, this place is just rocking. And she walked in and she's like, there's 3,000 people in this, in this meeting, in this church she never sensed such hunger, such love for God because they were all ex-homeless people, drug addicts, you know, prostitutes. I mean, just everything. all, All what society would call there's no hope for any of them and they found their hope. You know, Mother Teresa said this, Jesus is not You you won't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have, right? So she talked to the pastor. She was blown away at how hungry these people were. And the pastor said, yeah, it's crazy. He goes, I was just a car salesman. And uh, the Lord told me, he goes, I want you to start a church, but I don't want you to have any meetings. Well, how, how do you start a church if you don't have any church services? So... Now, thank God for the Holy Ghost, because he's like, well, what what do I do? So the Holy Spirit goes, see that house right there? I want you to walk up to that house, knock on the door. When whoever answers it, tell them, is there anything that you need? And then you meet the need. First house, it's a Hispanic family. And and they both looked at him and said, well, looked at him and his wife and said, well, if you guys are serious, we have no money and we have no food. So they left, they went and bought $200 worth of groceries, went back and packed the refrigerator. Now what do I do? Week after week after week. They said they had to start believing God because he was just taking everything that they had because they would just go house to house and meet needs and meet needs and meet needs. Then they went to this one house and they, and, and they invited him in. The husband invited him in and the wife was sitting in a chair in a living room and she looked lifeless, just completely lifeless. And they're like, you know, what can we do for you guys and the husband's like, nothing. And, and he looks at his wife, is there anything? And she's like, no. And so the pastor noticed there was like this light fixture thing that looked like it had been pulled out of the ceiling and drywall was all missing and all this stuff. And, and he goes, well, well what, what happened here? And they both just started weeping and basically said, you know, uh, our daughter hung herself. And, uh, and that's why it's like that and killed herself we found her and so he goes you know so think about it. they had no money to fix it so he goes well I could fix that and they're like you would and so he went and fixed it they did this week after week now this is not in church planting 101a <laughs> right and so finally, the Lord told him, he goes, okay, I want, you to, I want you to rent this building. I'm going to provide a building for you. I want you to rent it and have a, and start having services. 500 people showed up the first service. Nice. Now, if you want to do that, try that in Omaha. Just, just, hey, it worked. It won't work. But if God tells you to go stand on your head, it'll work. Right, So you've got to be led by the Spirit. As you're laying hold of these things in your life, realize you have the answer in you. He's there. He'll lead you and guide you into all the truth so you get in his presence by living in his word, by putting his word first place, by giving it your undivided attention, by keeping it in front of your eyes, keeping it always in the midst of your heart. You just keep meditating on these scriptures. What scriptures? Whatever he brings up to you. It might be one, but one scripture will cause you to walk in victory in every arena of your life. And the Holy Spirit, he's here tonight to guide you into all the truth. Ephesians 1.17, this is a prayer of supplication. You've heard me quote it many, many times. A prayer of supplication is a prayer that is prayed for the believer to help them lay hold of the plan of God for their life. Or it's to help you. You'll pray it for yourself to lay hold of the plan of God for your own life. Ephesians 1.17 That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Why? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened or flooded with light. Where's that light coming from? His word. That you may know The hope of your calling. What is that? That's God's plan for your life. Do you know if you're sick, part of God's plan for your life is to get that out of your life. If if you're facing something physical, if you're facing something financial, or if you're facing all of the above, what do you work on first? We only work out what he's working in. Right? John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, it says the same thing. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue, this means if you remain and abide in my word, then you're my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, if the word of, if the word of God is truth, then if you continue if you continue in my word, then you will know my word and my word will make you free. You can definitely say it that way. Proverbs 3:5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Put him first and he will direct your paths. Isn't that good news? Romans says the same thing. Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are, in the Greek, the mature, coming of age children of God. The Spirit, verse 16, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are God's kids. Whatever you're facing, the enemy will say you're not good enough, you're not qualified, you've been believing for that and it's never worked out before, but the Holy Spirit will be on the inside of you going, no, you're a child of God. You're mine. This has been given to you. You own it and now I'm going to show you how to lay hold of it. This is so important and we're going to learn how to do it. See, the Holy Spirit He's not just going to be with us in this life or in us just here. He's going to be in us forever. Forever. God never says, try to figure out my will. He always says, know it. Understand it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's here to show us. John chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Look at Jesus. This is a picture of his life. Jesus said this in John 6 38 for I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me. Jesus had to discover who he was and what God wanted him to do because he put all his godly attributes on the shelf and if you study the life of Jesus when he was a very young kid when the parents left them in Jerusalem, he's in the temple and he's, he's talking to them about with scriptures. Why? Because he's starting to, the, the father is revealing to him who he is. He walked around all day, the spirit of, everywhere he'd go, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He, he saw that scripture in Isaiah and it went off and he knew that's me. Right? Even God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. What that tells me is that everyone that needs healing is being oppressed of the devil. It's a satanic root, and the Holy Spirit will guide you into getting free from it people want god here is the problem especially in america you know we could just say we're i mean not only are we in america we're in nebraska which is right in the middle of america so here we are people want god to approve their plans and that's the problem i want to receive my healing like this this is the way it's going to happen right And they're not looking at for what their corresponding actions to be. They're wanting God to line up with what they think it should be. Jesus' goal was to do the will of him that sent him. See, we're not on this earth to do our own will. Thank God. Have you ever noticed there is no life in doing your own will? I see there is such a just a stoutness in so many believers. I just don't believe that Holy Spirit thing. I just don't believe. Hold on a second. Are you a Christian? Because if you are, you don't have a right to believe just anything you want to believe. In reality. Man. We, we have to wake up. We have Christians that wanna be in ministry that are wrecking balls in every church they go to. We have Christians that their reputation is they're rude and they're judgmental and they they just they're always trying to get things from people instead of give things. And why? And they walk around with their gigantic bible and they're smacking people. Right? And it's like no they're so not submitted. They're not they're not submitted because, hey, and, and we as charismatic Christians, we're the worst. Because, hey, don't tell me what to do, because I've got the Holy Spirit. Read the Old Testament. The, the the story with Moses and some of those people who said that. Hey, who are you telling us what to do, Moses? Moses is, I mean, Moses is like, well, hey, let's just check this out. You know, if you're right, then great. But if I'm right, um, The earth's going to open up. You're going to go straight down to the abyss right now. Nice. That's what God thinks about that. Does Does it mean Moses was always right? No, he's man. He'd mess up like anybody else. Has nothing to do with anything. I'm saying a lot of stuff. We cannot pick and choose what we do if we want to walk in the blessings of God. Well, I'm just not going to, are you kidding me? You want me to come to church on Wednesday night? That's just ridiculous. I'm too tired. Now, now, don't you feel more refreshed right now than you did when you came? How many of you, no, no, don't give me a show of hands. I already know. Everybody go like this. Yeah, pastor. How many of you even just thought, you know, I probably have some other things I got to do. Right? There are some people that literally are so... See, see, we're blind. It's pride, so it blinds us. But the Holy Spirit will help us stay sensitive. And every one of us have this problem, starting with me. Every one of us. I am always talking to the Lord. Show me what I'm not seeing. Show me what I'm not seeing correctly. Right? Man, I, I want to be in the right place because it's no fun being in the wrong place. Right. right? And the Holy Spirit will help you. John chapter 4, verse 34 says this. This is, you see this picture of Jesus. John 4 34, Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. He says, my meat. In the King James, it's meat. But that Greek word means my food, my nourishment, my strength is to do my father's will and finish his work. I wonder if we had that same attitude. What is your food? To do his will. What nourishes me? To do his will. To finish. And boy, I'll tell you, for our generation, finish his work is for sure because we are the church and the church age is very quickly going to come to an end very quickly you're going to be standing before the lord what a glorious day that's going to be my jesus said my strength is to do god's my father's will and to finish his work and we have people that need to go on a 19-month sabbatical who are in the ministry because I'm just so wiped out. Listen, brother, you're so wiped out because you're not being led by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not getting down on you. We've all missed it. Have we all missed it? I mean, do you realize tonight you are hearing from your pastor, this great teacher, and I probably am walking not even close to a 1% revelation on any of these verses I've quoted. And I'm more excited about that today than I get more excited about that every day. To be honest with you, the more revelation of who he is that I walk in, the more I realize I don't know, the more I utterly have to rely on him. But hide and watch. It won't be sink or swim. No, I'll swim. But I'm not swimming in my own strength. It's not going to be live or die. No, I'm going to live. And I'm going to declare his works. But I'm not going to just do works naturally. No, we're going to yield divine results. With all the imperfections, messing up, jumping back, adjusting and repairing, we're going to finish our course. That's the walk of faith. Knowing the will of God begins when you submit your life to the written will of God. See, there's so many people that want God to show them his revealed will for their life, and he can't because they won't even obey his written word. I, I mean, this—I know this is this is big. Now, and if and if this is you in any way, what's really cool is the Holy Spirit will show you, and when He'll show you, He'll say, "Yeah." I can't take you any further because you are refusing to do this. You won't tithe, you won't forgive this person, you won't even, some Christians, I'm a Christian, I love God with all my heart, man, I'm a strong believer, I'm an intercessor for the body of Christ, I'm a prophet in the body of Christ. Now, I don't go to church. You know, because, of oh, those pastors. And, and, you know, they're just, they're just not walking. And the, the pastors in Omaha are just so out to lunch, I just can't go. Oh, you prideful, blind baby, let me change your diaper. Right? This is huge. I don't want to not be willing to forgive someone who doesn't even remember what they did to me. I don't want that to stop me from walking out God's plan for my life. Yeah, but pastor, that wound was deep. Yeah, And Jesus will take it completely away. Because the reality of it is, it's already gone. That wound is just in your mind, and boy, the Word of God will pull that thing out, and all of a sudden, you'll go from hating an individual to loving them. What the Word of God says about walking in love, about walking by faith, about being led by the Spirit, so, if I can't submit to the known will of God for my life, I'll never be able to have the ability to submit to the future revealed will of God for my life. And hence, this is why people stay year after year in the same place. But here's the thing you don't really stay in the same place. If you're not moving forward, you're going to be moving backwards. God doesn't, He has no plans for you to move backwards physically. Yes, we're all going to age. But man, we're to be old and we're to be strong. Pain free and not settle for anything less. Because Jesus bore it. Could you imagine? I mean, we're so strong. If, if, if I were to say to somebody, well, you know, they come up here to get saved and go, okay, well, you know what? Um, we're just, let's just tarry here for a while and, and we're just going to believe God that, that he's going he's to save you. Everybody be like, what? No, 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 no. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah, but, but his benefits are he forgives all our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. It, you can't, Isaiah 53, you can't, you can't separate it. But why do we have a problem in these areas? Because we've been hearing that God saves people that ask him, for, for hundreds of years in the church. Right? You read Psalm 103, who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. Ah, eh, I don't know. Right? So all we got to do is renew our mind to these things, and it'll all change for us. Now, what you don't want to do is go home and think, wow, there's no hope for me because I'm just a mess. Listen, you could feel like the biggest mess in the world on your way to great victory. Without him, we're all a big mess. But with him and with the Holy Spirit, he'll lead us right out of the mess. Because really, the mess has already been taken care of. See, God never approves something that's not his will. Never. Never. God's direction will come to you as you fellowship with Him in His presence. So, boy, I was hoping to get to some other stuff. But I think I'm going to finish here tonight. you got to be in the presence of God, fellowshipping with Him. It's it's in you. I don't know how else to say that. See, because where we're going to go with this, and I talked to the men a little bit about it on Tuesday. This has been getting so big in me. When we talk about being led by the spirit what we have to do and this is what we're going to really talk a lot about is we have to meditate in the word we have to make a decision to put it first to yield ourselves to the known will of god as the holy spirit sheds light on it if he says jump i jump if he says go here i go here if he says give that i give that i don't think about it i've made that decision and now in this place he can start showing me the pattern. The pattern is Jesus. And as I meditate in the Word, I will see Jesus, and I'll be changed into the pattern, and I'll start walking like him. And that's the place where you're led by the Spirit of God. That's the place where you're knowing God's Word, where you're walking in it, and it's, it's working in you, and it's manifesting out of you. And you're free. Because you're no longer trying to impress people. To be honest with you, all you want to do is less of me or actually none of me and all of him because my whole life is I want to show people him so that they can know him. So that if they, if they already are a child of God, they could get free. If they don't know the Lord, they can get saved. Right? But this whole thing, we're going to talk about a lot of things. See, fellowship is where you find the leading of the Lord. In his presence is where you find it. Broken fellowship always will result in fear dominating your life.